The Latter-day Lives podcast is not owned or operated by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Any opinions expressed or implied in this recording are solely those of the host and guests and not of any specific organization, unless otherwise stated. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Latter-day Lives podcast. My name is Sean Rapier. I am your host, and I say welcome back because we have been away for three weeks. We took three weeks off for Christmas, New Year, and coming into the new year. Uh, What a wonderful break we had, but I have missed doing the show. I was saying to my wife a little bit earlier how weird we've never taken a break before, Uh, but in that time, we had Christmas, we had a vacation, uh, we had the Consumer Electronics Show that I spent the past week at. It's just been an incredible time off. But I am so happy to be back and so happy that you're back here with us. What a fantastic show we have for you this week. Uh, Shane and Heather Taylor are a married couple who are just incredible. They are a part of the uh, singing group Eclipse Six, uh, which if you follow Facebook at all, certainly through Christmas, you saw the greatest snowman show up in your feed. It was so viral. It got shared all the time. And uh, Heather and Shane write together. Shane sings in the group, and they're both very heavily involved. We're going to talk about all that. They are a delightful, just incredible young couple. And this week in my Latter-day Life, I'm going to tell you uh, about a thought I had while in the middle of an island. Uh, And it was just a beautiful thought that came to me. That's all coming up. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation. And today in the Latter-day Lives studio, it is my pleasure to have an amazing couple. Uh, We have Shane and Heather Taylor in the studio. Welcome. Glad to have you both. Pleasure. Thank you. Um, Shane is a member of the incredibly popular group, Eclipse 6. If you watch Facebook at all, uh, you probably saw a link to their newest video during the holiday season. It was an incredible smash hit. And Heather is responsible, along with Shane, for writing a lot of these parodies. We're going to hear all about the incredible Eclipse 6 and their marriage and life. We're going to dig into such incredible detail, right? <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be so amazing. But again, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. So let's go back. Before we get into Eclipse 6 and before Heather and Shane were Heather and Shane, let's take it back a little bit. Uh, where are you guys both from and where'd you grow up? So I grew up in North Ogden, went to Weber High. But I, I kind of grew up in a performing family. My, my dad taught choral music on the junior high school level for a lot of years, and was in the tab choir and did like a, like a show choir on the side for for teenagers. Big show choir. Yeah, we did that for like twenty years. And so my first time on stage, I was actually six months old. Oh my and gosh! So my dad was d- directing the the school musical at North Ogden Junior High, and they did Cheaper by the Dozen, which is a musical about a family with twelve kids. Right. And th- instead of having a doll for the the baby, they would just pass me around backstage, and take <laughs> me out, and apparently I did a pretty good job. And so it just kind of went on from there. So I, I just kind of always grew up performing, and and it kind of led on from there. Um, yeah, I'll hurry and interject mine because then I think you should keep going okay. and talk about your junior high stuff. <laughs> sure. Let, let's hear it, Heather. Where are you uh, from? Mostly from Utah. And I'm the youngest of a big family. And we 
we met in college. And she so was, let's she go was back a to jock. Shane. Yeah, total jock. In fact, when people, for a long time, when people would say, tell me about yourself, I would say, I'm a washed up jock. I just kind of felt like that's all I have. So we'll, so we'll get to that because it's like I grew up performing and so I always thought I'd just kind of meet someone in a performing group or someone. Another, yeah, he thought he'd marry a dancer or, or a singer and I thought I'd marry a, a rugby jock. player yeah. or Can a football player. Can I just player. say you guys are like blowing out every stereotype. I love it. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. normally it's the, the guy jock meets the girl who's the star of the show. When we were newly know. married and still, we've been married 17 years. Or eight, 18 this eight, year. Yeah. Um, we still would say to we would say to people, we're androgynous. And like, that's something we were really proud of. It's like, we're an androgynous couple. In fact, we always tell people, Shane does most of the cooking and I do most of the yard work. Yeah. You know, I'm all the awesome. lawn and but I love that. The I love garage. that that's how it works. So it's like my parents met in a performing group at Weber State University. His my, brother my met brother, his wife in a performing group. His sister, sister met her husband in a performing group. So it's and all performers. Shane, yeah. And the jock Just comes in. Married the what jock. were your sports? Uh, what were your sports uh, that you did in high school? It was soccer and track and volleyball, and um, I played football with my guy friends on the weekends. She was really good. I wished I could have played powder puff high school football. Fo- yeah, powder puff was like my moment. That and was then it. in college, I did rugby. How awesome! So don't make her mad. I can't protect you. <laughs> no, I will be very careful from this point forward. Hence, I can see I'm that. a washed-up jock, right? You start making babies with this body, and all of a sudden, <laughs> but it the, all but the, turns the beauty soft. of being a performer is I had zero concussions. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah, had to quit had rugby eight. after getting her eighth concussion. Yeah, and that's and it was. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're the the consummate performer, Shane. Like, when did you know you could sing? Like, obviously, at six months, you weren't going, "Hey, I like this. I'm going to be a star." So when did you know, okay, I was built to perform? I don't really remember a time where I didn't sing. And obviously you grow up in the Latter-day Saint church. You're always you know, in primary and you sing songs or whatever. Sure. Yeah. But my family would do, in addition to all the other performing my dad did, and he he toured professionally for a while. Um, but we we would go as a family and go at Christmas time sing at like the nursing home or different things like that. So I... I really did grow up in a, a place where singing was just always, it came naturally, and it's what I like to do. I think you should mention Not Quite Five, but really quickly, I want to interject that Shane and I recently had a conversation that was very eye-opening for me, where we were talking about nerves while singing, yeah, and how I thought it was a s- sort of universal experience where... You feel really nervous. You feel almost sick. You're sweating out your armpits. You've got butterflies in your stomach. When I sing with Shane in church from the pulpit, my I have to choose shoes that are flat. If I'm up on heels, my legs will shake while I'm singing, and it'll create a vibrato that I didn't intend. Yeah. And um, and I have to breathe in, breathe out, tell my arms to relax. It's a whole process, right? And then I figured eventually you'd get to a point where you've worked through that and you're comfortable. Anyway, I thought that Shane had worked through that at a really young age. Mm. And one time we were sitting in church getting ready to go sing. And I leaned over to Shane and said, are you nervous? And he looked at me and said, for what? And I realized he didn't mean no, I'm not nervous. Why would I be nervous? He literally didn't know what I was referring to. Like he thought, oh, what are you thinking of that I'm not remembering? And I thought, because we're going to sing. And he said, oh, no. Anyway, so we started talking about nerves recently and realized that maybe Shane never experienced what I thought was universal. He said butterflies, and so we thought we were talking about the same thing. But I meant butterflies like like a real negative experience. And he only meant butterflies, like the excitement part. Right. So maybe he never experienced. Which I get, but did you get, but did you get that 
that fear butterflies before doing sports? Uh, like, were you were you like, oh, I feel yes. sick? Did you really? Yeah. So, but, yeah. It, but it decreased over time. So, like, the more, no, the that's more true. You got it. And also, I've definitely, I've again, I thought this was normal, but like, once the gun goes off, it's over, right? Right. Once right. The, You're in it. Yeah. Once the game starts. I don't even see the crowd. I'm not nervous. There's nothing left. But yeah, running track in high school, they put porta potties mm. right by the start line because of how many people have to go to the bathroom right before starting because of nerves. So mm. so I I get the good butterflies when I do stand up. I mean, I'll be in front of four or five hundred people to do a show. I just get excited. Yeah. Or if I'm gonna speak or whatever. Yeah. But I don't sing. I've chronicled that well on this show. <laughs> and a friend of mine once asked, well, what would you do if you were asked to sing a solo in sacrament meeting? And I said, oh, that, that's easy. I'd leave the church and give up all of my salvation. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, it is, to me, that would literally be the worst thing I could possibly – I would do anything wow. other than – because I am so bad at singing. And yet you could ask, hey, can you – Give we, our speakers backed out of sacrament. Meeting. Can you give a forty-five-minute talk right now? Yeah, and you'd be like, absolutely. Like, yeah, I'd coast up there. It'd be nothing. Yeah, but if but I limp I lip sync in church. Oh, okay. Because of my fear of anybody hearing my voice. It always makes so, me sad when the person next to me lip syncs. Yeah, so I have you know. to. I have no choice. Uh, but, in high school, I was equally as scared about speaking as singing. And oh, okay. Long story short, <laughs> because I was trying to please the teacher basically and help out and be a team player. I signed up for two that I was going to sing a solo and give a talk. Wow. And I was so scared. It was like paralysis and I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I decided to lie to myself and others and say, I'm not nervous about the talk. I'm just nervous about the song just to try to make it more manageable, even though that wasn't true. And it started for me a several years process where I continued lying. At first I would lie and then explain. I was like, I don't actually, I really am nervous. But then I realized that's just undercutting my plan here. And so I'm not going to do it. So for years I would tell people, oh, I'm really comfortable speaking in front of people. And it took years, but eventually I bought into it. And now I really do feel very comfortable. So if somebody said, will you stand up and speak? I'd be like, let me at it. Isn't that but just awesome? years. Awesome that you were able to put that together. Yeah. So at some point... Oh, wait. He has to tell his junior high because it's hilarious. Let's hear junior high. Bring it. Because I think that's when you start to see yourself as like a singer separate from your family, don't you? For people who aren't familiar with Eclipse Six, we're a contemporary a cappella group. That's the genre of music, which means there's six guys and everything's produced vocally. So you'll hear, you'll listen to our music and there are drums and there's bass or whatever, but it's all being produced With the mouth. Now, that type of singing, I grew up just doing regular choir and, and whatnot. In junior high, I got interested in acapella music. And back then, I mean, this is the 80s, there's not a, there wasn't as much as there is now. Right. So there's a, there's a group called the Nylons that were yeah, big sure. at that time. And yeah. One of their album, first albums was One Size Fits All, and I, I wore that baby out on cassette, right? And I just really, <laughs> I just really liked vocal music. And so it, when I was in eighth grade, I believe... Uh, By the way, and, that's the 90s now, Okay, if I'm doing the As it's correctly. coming into the 90s. <laughs> yeah. So there's th- three three of my friends. We got together and formed this quartet, and we called ourselves Not Quite Five. Four guys really... called Not Quite Five. So, if it, again... That is funny. If people aren't familiar with <laughs> acapella music, <laughs> I there, love it. there's a big contingent of it that's a little goofy and, like, 
the most popular uh, way to name your acapella group is with a pun. That's either yeah. about music, a musical term, Why or the number that? of people. Why is that? Do you know? I don't know, but I could get. I don't it know where it. it came from. It's so uh, every time I am fascinated. We had uh, Abe Mills on yeah, the yeah. show, mm-hmm. and when I was in the Garen's comedy troupe, we used to, he and I used to perform together. And they were there were six guys. They were six track. Yeah, totally, exactly. And I was like, Oh, we I, could rattle so, them all off. They're but awful. I've I've performed with so many of these types of groups that on the office, you know, Andy's group right. is called Here Comes Treble, exactly. which is my favorite of all names. But continue. So you've got not quite five. Which, by the way, not only punny. What a terrible name. I know. Can I just say, uh, no offense to you <laughs> or anybody else, but that is a truly awful name. <laughs> and, by the way, while we're talking about naming, that's why Eclipse is not named after a pun, but they almost named themselves, do you want to, is that like, can we Which one? Sea level? Oh, I don't know who came up with that. They had like C level with a letter C. Letter C. Oh, yeah. Like music. And he, I don't know why he wanted names that were from Utah. It's right, like 5,500 feet. 3,500 feet. Yeah. And then, um, but they had several that they went oh, through, but they finally so went to funny. Eclipse. And I think we're all pretty grateful that it wasn't a punny one. Well, here's but when you ask people, why are you named Eclipse? Shane would say. Well, it, normally it's just we we were arguing about all these different names, and it was one that we could all agree on. It was the only and it was one we didn't actually all hate. at the time. That's and this is like say. the fall of 1999 is when yeah. we first started singing together, and we thought we could make a cool logo with the C being the solar eclipse, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And so that was our first logo, and that's as far ahead as we yeah. thought. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't anticipate C, the rise of logo. social media or digital music or sure. whatever like that, and so we actually rebranded about five or six years ago to Eclipse. It used to be just Eclipse. And now it's Eclipse and 6. The problem is you go and Google Eclipse online and it brings up right. Total the Eclipse movie. of the Heart or no, the, no, the third Twilight, the Twilight movie. That was when they realized they had to change was when Twilight uh, came out because even if you were looking up the music, you could say Eclipse music and they'd yeah. show you the soundtrack, the soundtrack for Eclipse, of the movie. the movie. And you were like, ah, all of a sudden our stuff has disappeared. Not to mention the iconic Mitsubishi Eclipse. Exactly. Right? Come on. Or the, or the gum. gum. Or the gum. <laughs> Everything. Oh my gosh, but, that is a but busy those word. Things Everywhere. don't come up on yeah, um, sure. YouTube so much. So sure. To be now I've to got Total Eclipse of the Heart stuck in my head. Thank <laughs> that you. That song is everywhere. Yeah, but that's if you put in Eclipse song. and the numeral six, it's right. going to bring us up. It's the up top. to you guys right away. Which, doing a little bit of research for the show, yeah, it you guys own Eclipse 6, which yeah. is that's awesome. That's why. So if they yeah. ever lose a guy, it's going to really mess up their branding. <laughs> well, you could be Eclipse not quite six. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it would be. be. Just in parentheses, not quite. So. That is awesome. Oh, oh, that's so what, funny. What's Your interesting about so that happy. is another group that started around the same time as us is Octopella. So they, we started at Utah State University. Octopella was at uh, the U. How many members are in Octopella? <laughs> well, and Might that's the funny eight? thing is it, it originally was eight. Yeah. And then now I think they have six. And they kept the name Octopella. Yeah. Like you lock yourself in if you're yeah. putting a number that in That is your name. so funny. They... Weren't they the group that did the Olympics with you? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the things that Eclipse kind of, it was sort of their like. So we're skipping ahead. Maybe that? let's get to the Olympics. All right. This. Yeah. What do you want to go back up? Well, let's go back to junior high. Okay. So you're in your junior high group. So we, oh, we fell in love. The What's your role? loved these four junior high boys. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet. Not love quite them. five they is going to take off. They probably wore sequined vests. Did you? And we, we probably did. 
at some point. I, okay, well, first of all, I wish we had video of all of this. <laughs> um, but what was your role? Like, what do you say? There's there's always a guy who does a heavy bass. Oh, yeah. totally. There's always the beatbox guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Then there's your high tenor. And then so in a, tr- a in a traditional singer. quartet, right. you have the, the bass, the lowest part, the high tenor. And then the second tenor is normally the singing lead. So he's the one doing the lyrics. Yeah. And then the last guy is the baritone, and that's me. Yep. Right? You're a baritone guy. Yeah. So people yeah. will often talk about Shane as the glue because he's often the glue in the chord and the glue in the music. But Shane also so as a personality those, is sort of how the glue. Right. So, that is so cool. For those of you who aren't familiar with musical parts, what being a baritone means is Nobody cares. He's just in the, in the background <laughs> singing, you know, the doo doo doo. So is it the, it's, you, you kind of got the lead singer, the bass, the uh, the, the drums, and then the other guy. You're, right. Yeah, the other guy. You're the other well, guy. Well, the Mount so Quite the Five group really didn't have the drums, but the call, but Eclipse Six has because that's why you have six. One guy is the vocal percussion. Sometimes one guy is even a vocal subwoofer. But then you have the bass. Then you yeah. have the lead. Then so you it's have like a the tenor, percussion and then section. You have Shane. The percussion section the is leftover. the vocal percussionist and the bass, and they're, and they're kind of the foundation, right? And then awesome. you have the who the person singing leads, so now you have three people taken care of, and then the, the other three are basically singing a chord. Okay, a I didn't know chord. all this. But yeah. the the ones that stand out more, obviously the person singing the lead, the lyrics, right. people recognize right. him, and chicks dig the guy who can sing really high, and chicks the guy guy, dig the guy really who can low. sing really low, <laughs> and then the guy in the middle that's kind of... Holding everything together, it's not a it's not a prominent out in front role, but, but science it's what makes has it proven. Work. Science has proven that baritones uh, attract jocks. Actually, yes, <laughs> that's what that's we understand. That's, is that's kind of a jocks really really being lean at home with Shane while he's practicing his part alone. Yeah, I just think nobody. It's it's a very underappreciated part it's super hard because oh gosh, the person yeah. who's arranging it will put in what i would almost call the obvious notes and then when you're like oh i need this unobvious note that's shane's and sometimes it's a low note sometimes it's super high and sometimes it's jumping all over the place oh my gosh. so it's not very melodic it's like and you think who can pick here are those intervals in their brain and oh, i think awesome. it's pretty cool so, that's so what i'm gonna go back do. and rewatch some of the videos now with a new appreciation <laughs> yeah. for the baritone part i really am i think so, that's really cool so you maybe not, wouldn't know i was there but if i if my part was not there You'd know if it, it wasn't. It would sound a little, em, a little shallow. A little no. Have you ever gotten empty. into like a fight with the other band members in any of your groups and just stop singing in the middle of it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you now. Now, now how See you how doing? This, works right. out. this is how important the baritone is. <laughs> uh, I was a drummer in a in a band in high school. The drummer is the least appreciated person on the planet. Right. Everybody makes yeah. fun of the bassist. But the drummer, you sit back there, you can't stand up. Nobody cares about the drummer. <laughs> so, um, so I kind of get it. But yeah. you're, so you're performing in junior high. You're so, rocking it and out. And that that group, you know, we started in eighth grade and went through till we went on our missions. We got to go and perform in Japan when we were juniors. What? In high school. Yeah. yeah. We went and spent a week performing yeah. at a cool. amusement park. What is the Japanese for not quite five? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Got to find that You're out. You're kidding. This thing go. really took Something off. Something about go. Well, to a, to a certain degree. We just, you know, we did it because we loved it, right? And then How awesome. <clears throat> so what happened was how, how that kind of led into what, what I do now is <clears throat> so after our, our missions, obviously, people go their separate ways. Where did you serve your mission? So I went to London, England. Mm, and loved it. Love London. I just listened to a podcast. His mom is from England. So yes, the British connection. My mom is remarkably British. Yeah, I loved it. It, it was amazing. Loves 
everything British. Yeah. When I married, when we were engaged, I really wanted, I really wanted a bilingual family and I really wanted a multicultural family. Yeah. Instead, I fell in love with another white guy. You could have not. You don't get whiter than from Ogden. Yes. White guy serves a mission in London. So I was like, uh, wait, where'd you serve your mission? And he was like, England, England. And I was like, dang it. Like, we got nothing. So you come back from your mission and are you thinking we're getting the band back together? We we did a couple of performances, but it just people were going to college and going different yeah, ways. That's a hard time in life. But there was another thing that um, when I was a senior, there there was a program up at Utah State. Um, they, they they call it the the Sunburst Singers was the name of the group, which is kind of a weird name. They started in the seventies. I was about to ask, did that begin in the seventies? Because the Sunburst Singers sounds like they'd be on Lawrence Welk. <laughs> exactly. Totally. Right. It I mean, I don't like mean a... that. I don't mean that to talk down to. It. I mean that's what no. everything was. The in, the, in the student singers. building yeah. up there, there's a place called the Sunburst Lounge. So I guess they named after that. But they wow, they would I do all that. they would do a big show each year that was a recreation of the Glenn Miller Orchestra. So yeah, oh, seventeen cool. piece big band, a oh, guy that looked like Glenn Miller, and I then they would love do, it. They would do like a ninety minute floor show, show that was seriously it was like Broadway Las Vegas. It was quality. so amazing that they were the only ones selected from the country to go out to Glenn Miller's birthplace. In like Ohio for a festival, for you this know, big festival, kidding. and I will say the dancers in that show, the singers too, but the dancers visually kind of ruined for you all other forms of dance because then everything I ever went to, I was like, they're not as good, they're not as clean, they're not as together. Like I'm, I'm talking like professional pre- group dancers. Precise. I'd go and watch and think, meh. They're not as good because they, wow. was, but they were putting in like four hours of practice so, a day. I mean, so this is a good intense. story of of how I got involved with that yeah. group. So my parents used to go to that show every year. They would like sleep out for tickets. It was crazy. Like no senior kidding. citizens. Cause a lot of them they're doing like, because of the Glenn Miller era, they're doing world war two themed right. things, yeah. right. sure. honoring the people, the people who had served How or whatever. Cool. It was cool. But I got tickets to go up when I was a, a senior in high school to go see the show. And a couple of people that I had sung with at a, in the chamber choir at Weber high school were already at Utah state. And so I went up with these friends that, of mine that were girls and, they're, they went with their roommates and none of them had gotten dates. So I ended up at a table for 10 and it's me and nine college girls. And I'm a senior yes. in high school. And how so we, good is that? So we watched this show and I'm blown away with how good it is. And I, I was like, I got to be a part of this. But then after the show's over, they do a couple hours of dance tunes where you just go and dance. And so I literally went around this table uh, taking turns dancing Work with all the these table. college girls. It was like it was a like, dream, man. Exactly. So awesome. So I knew I wanted to audition for that group. So I got back from my mission. I went to uh, – I had missed that school year because of when I got back. So I went to Weber State, then auditioned and went up the next year. And so the reason why that's significant is that's the group that kind of spawned Eclipse. Gotcha. So there were, there were six guys and six girls in the Sunburst the Sunburst. And uh, the other thing they do that was really awesome is during the Christmas season, they go up to Utah, go up to Sun Valley, Idaho for a couple of weeks mm. and become the Sun Valley Carolers. So you put Fun. on like top hat and tails and the girls are in dresses. And they you look go, like Charles Dickens. So each, each evening we go and carol through the village to the hotel lobbies and the restaurants or whatever in exchange for – they put us up at a five-star hotel, free snow sk- snowboarding and, and ski rental packages. So everybody there All the food awesome is covered. And it's like this killer vacation for a college student, and we loved it. So anyway, so we're in that group. We still group. dream and drool about it. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. like my second home. Yeah. I wish. But we, we were in that group and loved it, and I loved that 
era of music right. big band and oh, swing I do too. and it's so fun and the jazz chords and whatever sax solos <clears throat> but we yeah. got to a point where we were like we felt like we could woo women more effectively with popular music <laughs> <laughs> and so we started we started getting together on the side and starting writing and arranging our, our own songs yeah. and that's what became eclipse eclipse Six. how awesome somewhere in here you guys meet. I don't know. Have you already met at this point as Eclipse Six? Well, right in this yet. moment, basically. Right, when right we first, in that moment. Beca- they've become Eclipse just barely. On kind we of first on got a trip together to again. This is like the turn of the century. You know, is when we're getting together. Yeah. And uh, we got the the, so the the group from Utah State was going on a tour to Thailand, and they asked us to perform as part of that as well. There's another group. That, Eclipse. Yeah. So this separately. newly formed Eclipse was going to do some songs as part of the show that we're doing in Thailand. Along with another group called Colors that also met at Utah State. Awesome. And so that was kind of like just getting started. So we, we arranged music to do specifically for that show. And when we, first, when we got back from that, we're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to yeah. try and do this. So yeah. we started working on our first album and going on from there. So we met later that same year when they hadn't done the album yet. And... Uh, one, we, Shane and one of the guys from Eclipse named Kevin, who is the vocal percussionist and also a second tenor, um, he and Shane were roommates with a couple other guys. They would go around on Sundays and sing, basically to pick up girls. Like we put, a, put together a that four-part hymn. That is the smoothest thing I have ever heard. Yeah. Holy They'd cow. put on their suit. Shane put on his three-piece suit from Thailand that oh, he bought yeah. for like yeah. 70 bucks. Yeah. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> Custom suit for 70 bucks. Yeah. Oh, I and love that so much. then they'd go around. and So anyway, Shane's cousin was my roommate. So when she and Shane were talking, then she said, why don't you come over and visit? Come on Sunday. And he was like, well, we're busy on Sunday doing I'm this. Busy. And she said, then come over here. So we came over <laughs> to sing. And what I remember, all you know, my six, including myself, six roommates, and then the four guys with Shane singing, um, all in one tiny little like front room of a dorm, we were all fairly close together. And I remember thinking, wow, these guys are much more comfortable with eye contact than I am. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I just felt like, uh, where else can I look? You know, and they're just standing there singing, looking Staring right at right us. At and you. I was like, this is uncomfortable. But anyway, so they sang a couple of hymns in their four parts. And, and then, we, um, then we hung out and talked funny. a little bit. Yeah, we chatted and, and, a little. And Kevin was talking to Heather yeah. more. And I was I was trying to because my first I don't that was her first impression. My first impression was wow, I need to meet her. Like I was like, I'm I gotta get meet, meet he this liked girl. Me. That's the girl. But Kevin was talking to her the whole time, and so I had to like oh, figure another time. Crying out loud, Kevin, get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was making Kevin talk to me, but anyway. But it was during this semester where I was just slammed. So the group, the, the Utah State group, was recording a Christmas album that winter, and I wasn't going on any dates uh, for, yeah. for this few months period. But I had in the back of my mind, I'm I'm going to ask out Heather. Yeah, we were both we kept, super busy. We kept seeing each other around campus, and we're like, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, and it's yeah. it, was, it was cool. But I finally, like, after the first of the year, I asked her out. And and it was super fast after yeah. that, like embarrassingly fast. One of those stories that it you don't like want to say. It was like to Utah Mormon. than we wanted. From, from first date no, I first hate to it. marriage, how long? First date was January 28th. We got married August 2nd. So seven months maybe. But that's not the worst part. I don't think. Well, maybe I don't we decided We decided to get married after five weeks. So, so from from... First date today we decided to get married was yeah. five weeks and three days. 
So, the fact so that we for know what it's worth, details. Oh, good. You got one better. That makes me feel not so My bad. wife, who you just met. Okay. Yeah. First week to deciding to get married, three weeks. Married, first date to married less than four months. Oh, man. So you're welcome. Thank wow. you. You're welcome. You can always say, then actually, I can we met this idiot you guys who. And make myself <laughs> And 25th anniversary this year. Hey! Hey-o. Hey-o. So When it's right, it's right. Yeah. It's right. So you guys get married. So we met. And we married. Were you, were you thinking, hey, Eclipse 6, this is going to be a career? Or was it always an idea that this is going to be a side project that could turn into something? Well, the, the trick was it's like I, I did want that. I, I, at that time, of course, like, yeah. I would love to be a professional musician and yeah. sing a group, but I didn't feel like that was very practical, basically. Right. So, so I it was, was going almost to school, like he was secretly, desperately wanting that. Yeah. I, and I was, not telling people. I was so taking pre med. I, I, I was a biology major, taking pre med classes. Wow. But I really wasn't doing a lot of like the no, extra I'm not stuff a biology that you do. Major, psychology major. Well, I switched to psychology. Okay, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, but I wasn't like going and interning with doctors or yeah. shadowing or sure. doing other things. I was still performing as much as I could. And so Heather was the one that kind of brought me back down to earth, I guess, and said, tell me why you want to be a doctor. And Actually, I wouldn't call it back down to earth. I would just, because that almost sounds like I'm going to say like, so you're going to go get a career. But I didn't do that. What I did was... Like, kind of did the reverse. You're lying to yourself. You Will boosted you him up. Honest? Well, she's so. just look. She's looking from the outside in, thinking this guy's not passionate about medicine. Yeah, he's passionate about performing. Right. Yeah. So, and I, I have a, an older brother who's an ER doc. Her brother is a, a psychiatrist, and both of them gave the same advice. That it's like if you can think of anything else you'd really love to do, go do it. Go do that because it's such a long road to get to be a practicing physician. And once you're in it, you're so not much school, switch. so much, yeah. you know. And so you, you really are locked into it. That if even if you don't love it, you still have to you know, continue that down that path. And so between that, I decided, well, okay, I'm. I'll see what I can do. So when I graduated, well, we'll get back to the career part. Yeah. Because what happened in this time period we're talking about. Right. right after so you're married. married. Let's get back to Eclipse 6 is starting. <clears throat> and so. Olympics. We had just finished our first album and they were doing uh, auditions at Alta High School for to perform at the live sites and venues for the Olympics that came like to Salt Lake. So this is 2002 when yeah. the Olympics <clears throat> were in Salt Lake. So, so they yeah. called so it roving, roving Entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You're sort of like the Disneyland sideshow, keep people happy in line. Right. right. So we're like, we got to be a part of this. Let's, let's go. So we go down to this audition. It was a huge sacrifice. Right. School, families. It was hard. <clears throat> but we, we didn't know any of the details. We were just like, if we can perform at the Olympics, this will be awesome. Mm-hmm. So, we, so we go and we did a, a few songs on stage in the auditorium. And they, they seemed to like it and respond well. And they came up afterwards and said, we'd really like you to come and sing for Kenny. And said, okay, where's Kenny? And Kenny was Kenny Ortega. He's more famous now than he was then. He, he's no, the he was famous Well, then. he was the director of Dirty Dancing and uh, Newsies. Newsies or whatever. Oh, wow. Then, and the choreographer. Really? But now yeah. but now he's more famous for the, the high school musical movies. High school and, musicals. Um, the Michael Jackson biop. After he passed away, he was in charge of that. Anyway. Yeah. He was a big cool name guy. then. They just called him Kenny, so nobody knew who they were talking about. Yeah. So he was in, in the gym doing dancer auditions. So they, they literally brought us into the gym, pulled him into a corner. It made Eclipse feel so and cool. We, and oh, we sang, yeah, you did. As so we sang our uh, rendition of Danny Boy for him, which is a really yeah. nice ballad arrangement. Oh, gosh, arrangement. how I love Danny Boy. And that kind of gave him an idea, apparently, because a, a couple months later, they, they asked us to come down and meet with them 
like at the Wells Fargo building in Salt Lake and sat us down and said, okay, here's what we're planning for the opening ceremonies. We're going to do a kind of a recreation of the the pioneers coming into the valley and covered wagons and people. And we wanted to have this moment around a campfire where there's a song, there's a, a, an old song called Hard Times Come Again No More. It's nice beautiful and really tragic too. And they said we were originally going to have James Taylor and Yo-Yo Ma sing this song because they did it on an album recently. And we're thinking to ourselves, I think they'd probably do a pretty good job. Man. Yeah, they'd be all right. <laughs> James <laughs> Taylor and Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> but when Kenny heard us sing uh, Danny Boy, he was like, oh, that would be so amazing to have an acapella moment. Because it's like the saints giving thanks for the journey they've just made. Yes. And praying that hard times So he no booted James Taylor and Yo-Yo Ma and put Eclipse in. <laughs> so they, you they tell us got like, to be kidding. They said, would you be willing to come and sing this song in the opening ceremonies? And we said, well, let's think about it. Wow. <laughs> I mean, wow. And the other thing that most people don't know who watched it is that they, he actually liked Eclipse so much that he wrote in a new number for them, but then it ended up getting pulled at the last second because of a camera problem because it was they wanted it to be all white. It was this huge white thing up on the audience, and the audience hold, held up white banners, and they had this big shadow cast, and Eclipse sang a song for it, but the cameras couldn't handle all the white, and mm. so they had to pull it. But I so, got to go to the dress rehearsal, so I got to see it. So wow. It was cool. So then not only did they put us in that featured number in the opening ceremonies, he, he and, wrote And they did get their number, part in Roving Entertainment. Right. So we did Roving Entertainment all 17 days of the Olympics. And wow. then they put in a number for the closing ceremonies where we were doing a, Which is a, awesome. a big band swing. It was Zoot Suit Riot was a song. And then they had ice dancers and... All and they got to share their, their green room tent was them with Kiss. Yeah. And... <laughs> You and met Kiss? <laughs> well, they were in the band together. I'll tell you, I'm just picturing these six clean-cut Latter-day Saint boys <laughs> and Gene Simmons yeah. and Kiss. It was I, crazy. I love that. I, it I was love so it. cool. because, oh, And those three different aspects of the Olympics were so different. The, the roving entertainment was not glorious. It did not make you feel awesome sure. or special. It was a bit embarrassing, but it was Funny and it was fun yeah, sure. and it was you're a part of it and you get to see every single venue and then you get to do the opening ceremonies where you feel super like oh that must uh, have been the most exhilarating thing yeah like, like we creative were, musical process so the thing right with you're the, part the Olympics of the thing is all of the big name performers that come they don't get paid they're donating their time to be right there, but they show up like the day before the Olympics so the ones that were going to all of the rehearsals for opening ceremonies leading up were us they were treating us like we were a big deal almost like they were because practicing we were just there. And for the, the big, wow. big you know, Sting hadn't showed up yet or whatever. Yeah. Know? So then we, they let us hang out in like NSYNC's dressing room. Or yeah. Oh, Dixie yeah. There was a fourth thing. Until, so you also, and then the closing ceremony was amazing. But then also you opened for the medals oh, ceremonies. Oh, yeah. So we did three nights in the medals plaza before the medal ceremonies. No So kidding. we opened for Nelly Furtado and, and Train. And, and Brooks and Dunn. Brooks and Dunn, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, it was a so cool that was awesome. thing to be a part of. Especially because they're a pretty new group and they're... All still in college? Yeah. So they felt like... This is like the hugest hugest. thing. It was big. And I think they all felt like it would launch them into stardom. And it in some ways did, but mostly not to the way that they thought, you know, the brains were. So this is the launch. I mean, we're national television now. They can say we've opened for Train and Nelly Vurtado and Brooks and Dunn. But it did get you a lot of clout and... um, I have no doubt. Yeah, it did. And there were several almost big deals in there, like... 
Like at one point they were meeting with a record deal and a different record deal. And then one where like we, were, one, we were actually having to decide should we move to Sony Japan. Records where we were going to go to move to Japan and do a few records over there. Yeah. Which is what like another group called Rockapella did. Yeah. They went over I remember like, Rockapella. in Japan and released seven albums there before they even released their yeah. first one. Yeah. Even Pentatonix. Rockapella was uh, Carmen San Diego. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, so there awesome. were several times over the course of several years where we were asking ourselves really serious questions like, do we want to do this full time? Do we want to take our, some people were having children at that point. Most of them were married. Like, is this where we want to go? Praying about it, thinking about it, coming to a point and saying, we've all agreed. Yes. And then it falls through, you know, like that happened a lot. Have you, now that you're kind of past that time, you know, and you're able to look back at it, uh, can you see the Lord's hand in directing all of it? And are you able, or, or do you still kind of question, I wonder why it didn't all come together the way we had thought know, it would at the time? I don't know if she has a different answer than me, but I really, what I've seen is that things have made small adjustments along the way to yeah. help Eclipse 6 still fit in, in and around the rest of our lives. Yeah. Because at yes. some point along the way, as we kind of made a decision that we didn't want this to be... We wanted stability in our lives. We wanted to have families. Right. We still wanted to live here or whatever. But And some of the guys really wanted to focus heavily on their careers, which is very hard to do when you're trying to take off Thursday, yeah. Friday, and Saturday to go to Florida. So we decided that Eclipse 6 was going to be what we call an extreme hobby. Yeah. Which is if you can do something on the side that you love to do and make a little money on the side, even though it's not your main source of income, I, that's yeah. a beautiful place to be because it, one, it, it breaks up the monotony of other aspects of your life. You have your job life, your church calling, your family, that sort of thing. It adds something different and it's a creative outlet um, of something you love. And so that's how it's kind of fallen into place. Now it has taken some adjustments along the way to make that work. What happened initially is I, I, so we graduated in 2003 from Utah State. And for the first five years out of college, I, I sort of ran the business side of Eclipse. Mm-hmm. So I was taking care of the website, sending out orders like CDs in the all mail. All the accounting. The, uh, all he would of, go to the post office every day to mail out online orders. Setting up the shows, negotiating the, the gigs and the sound it equipment. It was a full-time so job. So, so on and so forth. And so that five-year period... <clears throat> is the period that most uh, college acapella groups fall apart. Yeah, and they, that makes they don't sense. they don't make it right. And so it's because I did that with Heather's help, and also we were able to kind of bridge the gap between young single college students yeah. to we we have careers and other things that yeah. we do, and we can still make this work. Yeah, and for a while there, he was not getting paid very much either, so it was a painful. So Heather was working full time. But wait, I want to just give props real quick because didn't Pat and Paul also do that for like a year or a year and a half? So, so two of the other members of the group ran the business, and then I graduated and took over for them. Yeah. So the the there's a seventh member of Eclipse, even though we're not called Eclipse Seven. So we're not quite seven. You're not quite seven. Eclipse, not quite seven. <laughs> so one of the original members of the group is named Patrick Rose, and he is our primary. He our, was one of the six. Yeah. Right. Um, but he he left in 2003, I believe, to study film scoring at Ber- Berkeley School of Music Wow. in Boston. Yeah. And, then, and he's doing really well. He got nominated for an Emmy. So Holy he, cow. So, so he's been in L.A. writing music for television for the last you know, more than a decade. Mm-hmm. Like, he's... 
he was the main uh, composer for the TV show Nashville. Yeah, wow. Uh, right now he's for SEAL Team, if you're familiar with the – it's a newer show called How SEAL amazing. Team. How yeah. amazing. Um, but he's done a number of different things, and he's an uber-talented guy. Um, so but he's he still, still – in his in-between seasons or any off hours he has, he's still – Sometimes will, at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. He arranges Eclipse's music. So he's the he producer of all the audio. Of, so yeah, does the arrangement, the the audio recording and editing, and so so Eclipse Six has really been a a group since what year? What year would you say Eclipse? Two thousand. Started as Eclipse in two thousand. Yeah. So we came up with the name in the first part of. So here we are, eighteen years later. Yeah. To me, you guys have the best of everything. You've got families. Mm-hmm. You've got careers. You've got as you call it, the extreme hobby, which most people's extreme hobbies cost money. Yours makes money. A little. And you guys get to (laughs) hang out and do what you love. And you do corporate events. Mm -hmm. You guys entertain for corporate Christmas events, trade shows. We've got to go to some cool places. We've got Then China twice. We've gone to Shanghai and Hong Kong and Hawaii. And this last uh, spring, we spent a week in uh, Orlando. Like they How did a incredible. conference in D- Disney World where yeah. they covered our rooms and our passes to the park and the whole. But those are sort of the best ofs over right. 18 years. There's also been a lot of like Yellowstone and Girls Camp. <laughs> yeah, and, sure. You know. All of us. I mean, I do this. Comedy is my extreme hobby. I do right. some paid gigs. And then you also have the Howard Johnson Motel yeah. in Laverkin yes. in front of a group of senior citizens. And, and totally. you just kind of have to embrace it all, right? Yeah. And you kind of have to say... What a blessing that people 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 will give me a half hour of their time. What a blessing! Exactly. Right? That's it. Is there's harmony on stage? You spend that much time, six guys. Yeah, it's a leading question, Sean. It's a leading question here. Is how is there always harmony off stage? Well, I will say that one of the reasons I feel like we're together after 18 years, because it's not like we sat down and had a five-year plan. This is where we want to be. And right. Do. It has adjusted <clears throat> many, many times. Yeah. Because in, in a way, it's somewhat of a non-rational decision to yeah. spend so much time on something like this. But at the same time, it's your passion and you do what you love. So we are there's a brotherhood aspect to it. Like we certainly yeah. are a family, but you don't get along with your siblings all the time. Not all either. the time. Yeah. And they're... I don't think we have big, huge arguments or like there's not a there's not negative energy, but right. everybody has different opinions. You're gonna bump. Yeah. So like if we're trying yeah. to come up with an album name, it's like the text chain is miles, miles long, long. You know, it's like everybody has different aspects. And Paul is always throwing in jokes when he's decided that he doesn't care anymore. <laughs> That's and I'm awesome. like, Paul, get out of there with the jokes. That's fun. No, I think the quick answer, people ask me a lot, do you get along? The quick answer is yes. We're on the same page. We're definitely on the same page enough to make it work. And it's a lot like a sibling where you're like, I I would say, because I think now the disagreements are easier to manage than they were 10 years ago or 20 years ago because you know the person so well that you know what's going to bother them, what isn't going to bother them, what are they really mad about or what are they, I haven't seen even mad, but what do they really disagree with and what? You know everybody's you can avoid the priorities. And, and the other yeah. aspect is we've been able to define roles. Because mm. during that five-year period, I was doing everything. And then we made a change 
um, oh, to have everybody came. have something they're in charge of. So one guy yes. is in charge of the merchandise and the CDs and bringing them to the shows or sending them out. One guy is in charge of Online. what we wear, like the costuming or uh, well, he also the wardrobe. Does all the um, I, I take care of them, the uh, equipment, like the, the sound equipment, and haul nice. that around. Uh, one guy kind of keeps the books and is right. the CFO role, I guess. Which is and, critical with all that you guys have going on. When did the parodies begin? And how did that wow. begin? They, right they, at the beginning. They really started early on, but yeah. they became a thing probably in the last 10 years, I would say. Yeah. Uh, like early on, <clears throat> we had this... I wrote a parody of um, with Sean, right? Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. It was during the boy band era, right? So we did. It was called Larger Than Life, but it was talking about how their egos are larger than life. <laughs> was that with Sean? <clears throat> yeah, one of my friends from high school that we used to write funny things for awesome uh, school assemblies or whatever. <clears throat> so we wrote this parody. Excuse me. <clears throat> And then we would have like choreography where we're doing oh, the whole it was thing. Oh, hilarious! So can I, can I tell a funny? Egos are larger than life, life, life. Can funny. I tell you a funny story about that? Yes, real quick? please. So we did a show in Salt Lake. It was for a like a, a B ninety eight point seven slumber party type thing at a hotel. So there's a bunch of oh, women yeah. and their daughters getting manicures and hanging out or whatever, and we were the entertainment. And we were doing two half-hour sets. We went out and did 30 minutes, and then we took a break, and then we came back. They were yeah. And they, they were 45-minute sets. They there you go. <clears throat> so then we they had a, a room on one of the upper floors that was kind of like our we could hang out in between. Sure. We're coming down from the, for the second set, and the rest of the guys went first. And Heather, Heather and I were in the elevator with these two, like, 12-year-old girls. That we didn't know. And the the... Uh, elevator stopped between the second and the first floor because the girls were jumping and they made it stop. Yeah, but so don't jump inside of elevators. Normally, when that happens, it, it, it'll like reset itself and then it goes. We were in there for an hour and a half in the elevator. <clears throat> they, could, they had to call the company and send people out to fix oh, the elevator. No. And I was the sound engineer for Eclipse at the time. So now the sound engineer and one of the guys are stuck in the elevator and the show's about to start. And it's five minutes before we're supposed to go on stage. It's a glass elevator that looks out onto the lobby, and so they can see us suck up there. But we use uh, in-ear monitors, so yeah. rather than having speakers on the stage right. playing so we can hear, we have ones that are in our Little ears earbuds. wirelessly so we can hear each other. <clears throat> so I had those so they could talk to me. And, they, and turn they, off the speakers. They went up to the second floor and pulled, and then he could pulled open the door and like reached down, and I reached up and got my mic. So no now I've got my way. microphone and my in-ears. I can hear and... Everything's good. <laughs> so they decided we're just going to do the show. They did the show. No. So they Somebody went on just stage. set the levels no. to the best they could guess on the soundboard and left it alone. They went on stage and, and Shane I'm, I'm stood in the, in the elevator. And the first song was a version of Toto's Africa, and I sing the lead on it. And so well, they, normally it's they just the a cover ba, 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 da, yeah. da, ba, You know, the intro. And then when it's time for the lyrics to come in, I'm in the elevator and go, I hear the drums echoing tonight. But they can't hear me because I'm stuck inside an elevator. <laughs> you said they sound different. And but it was hilarious. And, half, and all half the, of the women, crowd. women come running out of the room into the lobby so and looking lobby. up at him yeah. in the elevator. So they're looking at the guys on stage. They're looking at me in the elevator. And oh, just that is forth. unbelievable. And, and Shane said later hilarious. how uncomfortable it was for him because he said, I didn't realize until that moment that I like being on stage with other people because I never think that 
I never, I never know who you're looking at. You could be looking at me. You could be right, looking at Dan. Right. But he said once he was the only guy in the elevator, and you know all those people looking up here are looking just at me. He said that was really hard for him, which I thought was interesting. That we did, we so did the larger funny. than life song, and so I'm up there doing. Oh my yeah, full wait, 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 not yet, not yet. Back up, back oh, up. Sorry. So I've got these two girls in there, and I'm trying to keep them quiet the whole time. So they're hunkered down in the corner, and we don't know them. And the longer we're in there, it was actually an hour and twenty minutes. And the longer we're in there, the more they both have to go to the bathroom. And so I'm trying to keep them distracted. And so we are scratching into the carpet a tic-tac-toe and finding bits of popcorn on the floor and using it to play tic-tac-toe for an hour. And then Shane, who seems like he's really, like, big and outgoing, is actually kind of timid and uncomfortable with people in some ways. Is that accurate? Can I say that? Well, I'm not, like, the outgoing type when I'm not on stage. I'm just a regular guy. Except his family would disagree and his best friends would disagree, but everyone else in his life would totally agree with that. But anyway, so he's getting ready to sing this song and he realizes I'm about to do a really big choreography in a small elevator and these three girls are in my way. And so he's like, hey guys, I'm so sorry, but can you scoot over against the wall? And you could just see he just felt so uncomfortable. And we were like, it's fine, that is a- And so we crunched up against the wall and he did these big dance moves all by himself. So I realized that's a a tangent. That's what a good an incredible one. experience. I'm so glad you told that. <laughs> but that story. was the that was the first parody that it How posted. fun. Yeah. But then at one point, I don't even remember where the idea came from, but there's a uh, Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff song from the nineties called Boom Shake the Room. Yeah. And I got this idea to change the lyrics to have it be about Santa and his elves. Yeah. So it's boom shake boom, the sleigh. Shake, 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 <clears throat> and so shake, I, shake, I rewrote the, the lyrics kind of drawing on the, the night before Christmas poem lyrics and yeah. kind of interposed them. And we started singing that at our Christmas concerts each year. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just was a hit. Like Huge people hit. really liked it. Was it was usually they're like awesome. either their closer it's or a big their finale. Because it would end and yeah. Yeah. One mm-hmm. of our guys will do a backflip at the end of the song. Wow. And <laughs> Super fun. And you use the subwoofer from Paul. So their highest singer does their lowest subwoofer, and it's just a lip buzz. There's no vocal so in it at all. he's buzzing his and lips into crazy. a microphone, and it resonates into this really, like, bass-heavy oh, sound. And it's a big deal. Some people can lip buzz, but not very many people can pitch their lip buzz like Incredible. Paul can, so and he can pitch it really well. It took him a long a lot of years of practice but anyway so that's on that song too so it feels like it's shaking your chest yeah. in the room you can hear sometimes if they have um uh like a break the glass uh yeah you know fire extinguisher fire you'll, you'll hear the glass you'll rattle the wow. and you're thinking this is coming from a guy who sings higher than i do that's amazing it's really cool so this leads to this year because you guys really blew up with which obviously you do something topical right. and not only that but you have this amazing production quality video your video <laughs> And tell us the title of this year's big Christmas hit. This year's was The Greatest Snowman. Yeah. And I say The Greatest Snowman, but either way. Take, take it was it, taken from The Greatest Showman. Parody of Frosty the Snowman. Oh, my gosh. And it is so funny the way you take the <laughs> lyrics you. and move it. And, and you guys write together. Yeah. Yeah. And so, then, so here's here's kind of the what led up to it, really, is we were singing that just that Will Smith song each year. Yeah. And then we added a section in the middle that was a mashup of a bunch of 90s rap songs and yeah. doing Vanilla Ice and, you know, Ice Tea or whatever. And then we started this tradition where each year we'd kind of take the top pop songs of, of the, the year, year and do a mashup of that year's hits. And make them made all them Christmas. Christmas. We call it awesome. Santa style. 
And then we would try and end that that mashup with what so was Shane what was, was ever the So Shane was writing that without me for a while, and then I joined him. I don't know, maybe like five or seven years ago. But what the the issue is, we try and end the, that mashup with what, whatever was the biggest viral hit of the year. Most yeah. so one viral. year it was Gangnam Style. One year it was What Does the Fox Say or um, Uptown Funk or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. fun. And then a couple of years ago, we were going to end it with a song from the musical Hamilton. Yeah, that was really popular. Well, we knew right. that was less viral, but we knew that it was had such a cult. We are both humongous Hamilton fans. Yeah, yeah. And so we wanted to do it just because we wanted to. But sure. we also knew that less people would know it, but the few who did would flip out. Yeah. And so we were like, let's do it. And it became so I, such so a big thing. So I did this thing. retelling of, of George Washington calling up Alexander Hamilton to be his aide de camp yeah. when he was a nobody. And to help win the war. Change it to Santa calling up Rudolph, right? So So fun. we did our, our mashup called Hamildolph. But it ended up becoming so big, uh, such a long song, that we pulled it and we did two separate songs that year. We did, mm. the, did our mashup and then this we said, this, we just got to do a full version of Hamildolph. Yeah. So Hamildolph was really viral. That one went really Yeah, viral. Hamildolph went huge. Yeah, that was awesome. And then this year, what I noticed on social media is that the greatest snowman got shared like mad and then i started seeing hamildolf popping back up into my feed yeah and and getting shared and we had just missed we were hoping to get together before christmas we had just missed it timing wise but every time it'd pop up i'd get giddy going they're coming in (laughs) we get to talk and so one of the things that i don't know that eclipse ever really discussed as a plan beforehand and yet it just is something we realize when the video is done and we look at it and we go yeah good move guys is that They've, there's never even been a question for them. You sing it serious. You sing it like yes. you have to it's, be all in. You have to yeah. be all in. Yeah, you can't take it as a joke. Yeah, and when it's done, we look at it and then realize how silly we look being so serious. And oh, that's it's so funny. Awesome. Can I tell you a little bit of the background of this year's song? Yeah. Because it, it turned into – it's a nine-minute song. It's kind of like this mini musical. Yeah. It's not like we started out thinking we're going to write some that long, but it just – the arc of the story just kind of called for that. And so we had put together a, a clips from the cartoon version of Hot right, Snowman. Right, into and, the video. So for the last 14 years, we've been producing our own Christmas concerts at the Grand Theater in Salt Lake each year. Awesome. So we'll do four nights there. And, and so we had this playing in the background. Wait, if you're going to plug anything, it's always the second week in December. Second weekend in, in December. And the tickets always Grand go on Theater. sales sometime around October. Or yeah, sure. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we... Because of Patrick's schedule with his mm-hmm. season, he, I we actually finished the lyrics for that in June and said, here's, "Oh, awesome! Here's all the lyrics ready to go." He didn't start on until mid November, oh, <laughs> just because wow. he just was so slammed. Yeah. He's so good at what he does; he has yeah, he's a got lot, lot of work. work. And so we actually didn't finish the song until the week of the show. The show, um, incredible. And, the, and we're, a few it years ago. It used to be that we would fly Patrick out. If we were doing an album, he'd come out for like three or four weeks. Yeah. And we'd like spend all this time and just crank through it. But um, we started – technology got to the point that he could take his home studio right. in Simi Valley and he'll he'll take control of a computer next to our sound booth in West Point, Utah. And so we'll just yeah. record. No kidding. So they record mo- remotely. And that? the guy who lives in Nashville, he records from Nashville to L.A. And that's the amazing. Guys in Utah so that's what makes, it, from here to makes LA. it work. But my my recording session for Greatest Snowman was from 1.15 in the morning until 5.15 a.m. Just because we didn't have any time. That's when you could yeah. do it. Right. Well, if people want to check it out, they should go to the YouTube page. Yeah. 
All your videos are there. The comments are phenomenal. Everybody's in love with it. If they want to know more about the band, what's the website? Eclipse6.com. Eclipse6.com. The number six. The number six. Go check it out. Because Shane and I write them, we love to read the comments. Well, go check it out. The comments comments are phenomenal. And it's blown up. We're we're about at time. I could ask (laughs) 8,000 more questions. For sure. We're really about at time. I love this. I love seeing that husband and wife writing together, performing, still having another life and church and family and you got kids and everything else and all these guys. To me, this is the joy. And this is, you know, you were brought together by the gospel. I can see that the gospel still just is woven into everything you guys do. I just absolutely love it all. Recommend that our listeners really go check it all out because you'll just... Love the guys, and I'm already planning on going to the Christmas concerts next year and bringing the Thanks. family because your videos are just so much fun. Um, before we go, I've got two questions for you. First of all, the first question we ask all of our guests, which is, what does being a member of the church mean to you? And either of you can take it, or one of you, or both at the same time, however you want to do it. You probably thought of it. I don't know. I, I've thought about it for 48 minutes, and I don't have a plan. Um, to me... When I was thinking about it this week, I I think member of the church. What what it means to me is having the path that, that leads to God. Because the older I get, I know that you don't have to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints to be a good person or live a good life or follow God and 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 his um, his gospel. But what what was restored uh, through Christ's Church was the rest of the story. That we yeah. really have the sto- what what happened to us before we came to Earth, why we're here, where we're going, and all of that just gives us <clears throat> additional knowledge that is strength through the things that are hard in in life. It helps you to, to get through them if you know where you stand and what awesome. it is. And so I, I love that we're led by prophets and apostles in our day, and it, that's what means that the most to me. I just thought of something while Shane was talking. So I have an answer. That's the spirit right there, Heather. That's all that is. is, actually. Um, this is not an all-encompassing answer to your question. It is a portion of my That's answer great. to your question, which is because um, I have a lot of – I'm in my 30s, which I think for a lot of people is a time of um, finding your identity and your discovery, and you learn good and bad about your church, and there are things that you – um, don't like about the way the institution operates. And yet, at least for me, I, I believe in the gospel. And so I'm trying to sort of reconcile sometimes why the two don't always align. I definitely see myself as a person who's trying to sort of champion um, what is doctrine and let's carve away culture and let's find, let's make sure that we're really talking about what is accurate. Um, and so uh, I think one of the reasons because you didn't ask, what does the gospel mean to you? You asked, what does being a member of the church mean to you? And so part of my answer to that question is, um, I see myself as somebody who is trying to help clarify it or change it or make it what I want to be, what I want it to be from the ground up. Meaning, rather than recognizing what it does for me, recognizing what can I do for it. So mm. when I talk to people who leave because of um, how, because of gender, um, how, how the church talks about the messaging around gender or about, um, about sexual orientation or about, um, history of the church or Joseph Smith. When I talk to someone who's left and then they tell me why I feel a little bit like, 
And that's the very reason I needed you to stay. Because if I'm the only one in the room trying to help balance the conversation or trying to help clear away culture versus doctrine, um, it's a lot harder when I'm the only one. And Mm. so for me, part of the reason that uh, that what it means to be to be a member of the church is to try to help shape the culture in my little room on Sunday. That's awesome. Awesome. I love that answer. That's great. See, after all that worrying, came up with the perfect answer for you. That's awesome. Well, we, uh, you are a wonderful husband and wife, mother and father, Writers, performers, ex-jocks, so many amazing roles. Singer, dancers. And singers, dancers, and definitely amazing Latter-day Saints. Shane and Heather, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your Latter-day life with us. We appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. My special thanks to Shane and Heather Taylor What a fun couple. They were so much fun. I could have talked to them for hours. Just amazing people. So talented. And I'm so grateful that they came on. I'm sure you love them as much as I did. Uh, This week in my latter day life, I was thinking back to our vacation just a a couple of short weeks ago. We uh, fallen in love with this idea of being gone for New Year's Eve. It's a fun time to be gone. Last year, we did Times Square in New York. Uh, Unfortunately, it was the coldest winter or the coldest New Year's Eve, at least, on record in like 60 years or something like that. We were freezing, but to get to see the ball drop was just amazing and kind of a bucket list thing. But I promised my wife we'd be somewhere warm this year. So we actually decided to take a cruise. Uh, We went out of Florida and we were actually out in the middle of the ocean at sea on New Year's Eve at midnight, which was very fun. We uh, then went down to Key West and then over to Havana, Cuba. Now, I'm 46 years old, and we took our 15- and 16-year-old with us, and I was telling them that, uh, you know, I never dreamed when I was their age that I'd ever get to see Cuba with the politics and the embargo and everything else going on, and yet over the last couple of years, things have really opened up, and if you get a chance to go to Havana, wow, I highly recommend it. Beautiful people and an incredible place, so rich with history. We we booked a six-hour guided tour from a, a tour guide who took us, uh, we, we spent uh, two hours walking and then two hours in a convertible 1950s car that was just so much fun driving around the island and then another two hours walking and hearing the history. And what a fascinating place. I didn't know a lot about Cuba, but uh, previously, Uh, more than 90% of the people actually worked in some form or other for the government. The government ran all the restaurants, the hotels, the tourism, all the businesses, just basically everything. But over the last several years, things are really changing in Cuba. There are now private restaurants. That's only been in the last couple of years that you could actually own and run your own restaurant. Um, There are also private tour guides. All the tours used to be given by the government. And we're seeing more and more opening up with freedom and and the fact that Americans are now allowed to go visit. And it's incredible. And our tour guide, who was born and raised native uh, Cuban, uh, he said, and he's about my age, he said, it's been incredible. The last five years, things have changed so much. And while we were out uh, touring later that night, we went up on this hill where there's a statue of the Christus. 
It's a beautiful statue. It's a little bit different than the one in Brazil and some of the other ones around the world. It's actually the living Christ. He's not showing any marks. And it's just this beautiful, beautiful statue. And we were standing under it, and I was looking out over the city, and I was kind of thinking about these new freedoms that they have. And where would that go and how amazing it was? Uh, And I had the thought, of course, things are changing. Things have to change for the gospel to really enter in. And I went and looked it up. Uh, It turns out that there are actually a couple of branches already in Cuba. We weren't there on a Sunday. I wish we were. I would have loved to have gone to church there. Um, But there are branches now in Cuba. And I think before too long, we're going to hear about missionaries in Cuba. I could be wrong, but I get that feeling that's going to happen. Don't know how soon, but suddenly I could just picture standing up there, I could picture wards and branches and these beautiful, amazing Cuban people uh, becoming members of the church. And standing there, I had the thought of how beautiful will it be that someday, hopefully, we will hear the announcement in conference of the Havana Cuba Temple and that all the work will be restored. It's fascinating to watch the Lord's hand. It is happening if we look for it. And I just felt the Spirit standing up there, and I felt so grateful and so wonderful and so blessed. And that is what is happening this week in my Latter-day Life. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we really appreciate it. Uh, If you want to reach out to me, I got beautiful, wonderful messages. Thank you so much to those of you who wrote me uh, during our break the last few weeks. I can be reached at sean at latterdaylives.com. That's S-H-A-W-N at latterdaylives.com. You can also reach us on our Facebook page, Instagram. Remember, video of this will be posted on Facebook as well as on our YouTube channel if you prefer to watch it on video. Uh, One thing I would ask, if possible, reviews really help us. Uh, The more reviews you have, the easier you are to find. And uh, we've just gotten incredible reviews. If you get a minute, whether you listen on iTunes or uh, the Google Play Store, if you get a chance to review us, even get on Facebook and just review the the, uh, podcast, wow, how much we would appreciate that. That would mean the world to us. So until next week, when we will have another fantastic guest, please remember, as always, there is a great, big, beautiful world out there. So go be in it, just not of it. Thanks for listening.